0: Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutriCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. We all know our age, but how old does our body think it is? One test looks at biological age versus chronological age, And Terrain Health is just one of a dozen approved companies in the nation offering a biomarker-based evaluation called AgeBio that provides a DNA-based health analysis. But instead of doing my research online, I took to the lab to see what exactly goes into the test and what insights I could walk away with. Here to explain how it all works is Terrain Health's CEO and founder, Dr. Robin Rose, a board-certified specialist in gastroenterology and internal medicine. Welcome to the NutriCast, Dr. Robin. Thanks, Danielle. Thanks for having me. So before we get into everything, um, you've got an interesting background. How did you get involved in precision medicine? That's a good question. I myself started,
1: you know, grappling with some of my own health issues. When I went into private practice, I had already had two girls that were only 17 months apart. They were babies. And then I had another, I had a third child not too long after that. And I was basically raising three kids, uh, four and under, building a thriving outpatient GI practice on call, you know, just burning both ends of the candlestick. I think after a handful of years, that really started to catch up with me. And I was an athlete my whole life. I swam division one in college. And I noticed myself, you know, developing a, that little muffin top <laughs> that a lot of us <laughs> women get. And I was basically, you know, like, I guess, well, I'll be blunt. I I couldn't, I was constipated. I was you know popping a leaf for headaches every other day i was you know anywhere from anxious to you know worried to panicked you know it ran the it ran the spectrum and i just was over taking the ssri of the month right like this pill for every ill and so i started down a path you know to really like self healing and and self-education. And, and I started to basically teach myself all the things I never learned in medical school. And I was just astounded by what is out there that's just untapped by the conventional medical community in terms of medical devices, wearable technology, advanced testing that we just don't have access to, our patients don't have access to, to really help us understand what each person's biochemical individuality is we, we practice sick care, Danielle, in this country. Patients are conditioned to show up to the doctor for two reasons, when they're sick or when they have their yearly physical, right? Mm-hmm. Or their annual screening for something. And that's, that's not healing people. That's not medicine, right? That, that's not healthcare, that's sick care. And I was sort of over it, you know? Like mm-hmm. I was done practicing McMedicine Seeing 30 patients revolving through my door in and out and not being able to connect with them anymore, not being able to really heal people. Like I became a doctor to heal people, and I didn't feel like I felt like I was just band-aiding each person's situation. And then I started looking at my own patients, like when I started to feel better and, you know, basically use myself as a guinea pig, so to speak, and do all these things that I learned to change my health around. I started trying to infuse it into my own practice and there just wasn't enough time. Like doctors are just so stressed and pressured and it's all about quantity, not quality. And I just was so burnt out, depressed and unhappy. And I looked at my own patients and I practice in a fairly A fluent area of the United States, people you know have means and have access to healthcare and seemingly you know want to take good care of themselves. And I was just astounded, you know, I see I see thirteen and over in my practice, and I was astounded by the fact that everyone, like pretty much like ninety five percent or more of the patients that walk through my door on a daily basis, were on a prescription medication and and if not one more. Okay. Wow. And it's true. And it's, and we have this epidemic of chronic disease in children. I mean, depression, anxiety, ADD, ADHD, thyroid disease, autoimmune disease. I'm diagnosing 34 year olds with colon cancer, 28 year olds with esophageal cancer. You know, people are coming in for colon cancer screenings and telling me that they were diagnosed with breast cancer when, when they were 32 years old. This is not evolution. This is what we've done to our, so this isn't the environment. And it's what's called epigenetics, like how we interact and adapt to the environment around us is changing the expression of our genes, Danielle. And this, this is terrible, you know, and if we don't start changing how we take care of people, um, this is going to get to the point where we're digging ourselves a hole and we're not going to be able to get out of it. I didn't want to be part of that anymore. I wanted to make a difference.
0: And so what you're doing is you're trying to help sort of turn back the clock, I guess you could say, right?
1: Yeah, I, I think what happens is, is as, as we get older, right, and again, and, and it's like, we're, we're just all going along. And, you know, and then we wait for the crisis to happen, right, instead of averting it altogether. And so if you can proactively personalize your healthcare to your own unique needs, you will increase your health span, right? And, and when I, When I say the word healthspan, I mean years lived without disease. It should be everyone's goal to live as many years as you can without a disease and without having to take prescription medication, without having to be in the hospital. That should be everyone's goal. And if you can increase your healthspan, then you are aging less. You are helping your body age less. You are helping your cells, your DNA, your organs age slower. That's what all of this is about.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And so I took the age bio test that terrain mm-hmm. does,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: it was pretty interesting. So I'm 37 years old, but your biologically was 30.3. okay,
1: And your chronologically just was at the time, 37.6. I was
0: pleasantly surprised to see that I'm actually 30.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're in the minority, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yes, um, no, it, I was really impressed with your results. So Basically Danielle's age at the time she was 37.6. So that's the date. So the date and day she was born and the amount of years she's lived on earth is, is that, and then she can't change the calendar, right? We can't change that. Mm -hmm. And our biological age is basically how quickly or slowly our DNA cells and organs are aging, but we can change that. We have all the power in the world to change that. And the way we can do that is by changing the way we live our lives. And I I sort of touched on it, you know, when I talked about epigenetics, meaning that's the phenomenon of the, how the expression of our genes is changed through the way we live our life, right? So how we like interact and adapt to the world around us affects our genomic expression on a daily basis. So, you know, when you start to shift your nutrition from the standard American diet and when I, unfortunately, it is the standard American diet, which is filled with processed foods, factory farmed meat, refined sugars, everything's processed. When you move that to like a more whole foods, plant-centric diet, and this is very well studied, you can change the expression of your genes within a few days. You know, food is medicine. Food is code, meaning genetic code. Food is genetic code. And so- aside from food, you know, then you look at exercise and how you sleep, you know, how long you sleep, your quality, your quantity, how you manage stress, all these different things interact, you know, with how you're expressing your genes. And so if you're able to optimize these pillars, I call them the four pillars of health, then you're going to age less and you're going to impact your DNA cells and organs in a very positive way. Now, the other thing that I felt to mention, and you know, Danielle, me and you offline had talked about this, is also your exposure, meaning what you're exposed to, the outside exposures that you have on a daily basis. So all the toxins that we're exposed to, whether it's, you know, environmental, psychological, emotional, all these different things that we are exposed to also impact our genetic health. And so it's really important that we all clean up this exposome that we live in, because that's also dirtying our genes, Mm -hmm. you know, dirtying up our genes. So, you know, all of these things impact biological age. And the the point is, is that each and every one of us can change it and manipulate it so that we do slow down the aging process and we can age less.
0: And so on my end, it was pretty easy. I just, I got some instructions to the lab. So I went yeah. to the lab. I think I was there 15 minutes. They took my blood and I sent it off. And then I want to say the next day, maybe two days later, I'd already had my results. So kind of walk me through like how this bio age test works and some of the biomarkers that it uses.
1: Sure. So I just wanted to mention the company um, that did all the scientific research behind this and did the scientifically validated studies is Thorne. Thorne is the one that uh, developed the tests brilliantly it's basically looking at 41 different biomarkers and it uses, you know, obviously I can't get into this part. I'm not an expert, but these different algorithms, you know, these scientifically adapted algorithms that they've able to figure out like in their different, they're weighted differently to calculate this biological age. And they, you know, looked at hundreds of thousands of people in all different age groups across different demographics, male and female. And, you know, there's many different biomarkers, you know, like it it looks at your lipids, it looks at triglycerides, it looks at your complete blood cell count, you know, your liver function tests. it looks at your glucose, your hemoglobin A1C, which is what we measure how we look at diabetics, that's how sticky your red blood cells are. And it also looks at something called your DHEA sulfate, which is a cousin to sort of testosterone, it's an androgen. Um, it's a sex hormone that we uh, secrete from our uh, women secrete it from their ovaries and or your adrenal glands for men and women. It's a really important biomarker in, t- in terms of uh, independently looking at like morbidity and mortality. So they different biomarkers have different weights to them. So people that tend to have much lower glucose, much lower hemoglobin A1C, and much higher DHA sulfate within a healthy range their biological ages are likely going to be tend to be lower than their chronological age because those are those are very heavily weighted and they're independent biomarkers that you know can predict morbidity and mortality. So that's you know and then and then what they do is is they take those 41 biomarkers and some of those biomarkers are used individually like you know maybe four to six of them are, are used to look at the different organ and system ages, the different or, you know there's like five organ and system ages that it looks at your liver, kidney, lipid, blood, and uh, metabolic ages.
0: So it really looks into a lot of stuff. I was, I was surprised and you mentioned D H E A S. -S. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I saw that I was a little high on that and I thought it was a bad thing, but you said it's actually kind of good.
1: Yeah. So DHA sulfate, again, is an independent biomarker that can help us with predicting morbidity and mortality, increasing uh, health span. And again, it's it's a much more heavily weighted biomarker on the test itself too. So Mm -hmm. people that tend to have higher DHA sulfates. Now, as we age, we lose DHA sulfate. Our, you know, in women, for example, we don't, we're not you know, spitting it out as much as we should from our ovaries, then we go through menopause and then we completely lose it. It also isn't being produced as much or as efficiently from the adrenal glands as we age and that. And then for women per se, that's all that's left. You know, men are still making it with their sex organs and their adrenal glands. So it's a different, it's a different picture. But the thing is, is a lot of people lose DHEA sulfates and um, they notice too like clinically that when you increase it or even when because you'll have to give it exogenously right like meaning I'll give it to you as a, in a dropper or a pill form or something like that or even some women can use it as a vaginal cream they feel better like because it helps with cognition and improving brain fog and helping with memory and brain health and it helps with you know improving lean muscle mass and having more energy and all these things so you know it's it's a really it's a really important biomarker it really is
0: okay. What are some of the key things that influence the age of our DNA?
1: Yeah, so I sort of touched on that earlier. It's all of those pillars of health that I was talking about. So let's let's start with sleep, for example. So sleep is your most important. It's free for starters, and mm-hmm. it's, it's probably the, one of the most potent anti-inflammatories we have. And when you sleep, that is when your body detoxifies, repairs, and regenerates. It's also when your brain forms new memories and new connections and all, and all those things. While the quantity is important, it's also the quality. And many of us are not getting into deep sleep or REM sleep to the optimal values that we need to. And this is a huge deal. I mean, I would say nine and a half out of 10 of our patients that walk into Terrain Health, they have sleep disturbances and sleep issues. And that in turn is like is causing, you know, inflammation, is causing, you know, metabolic disorders, problems with insulin resistance, problems with their sex hormones, their adrenal glands, cortisol, all of these different things. It's a major driver of that. And so that is one thing. If you can really fix that, that to me is the foundational pillar, because if you can't sleep, I can do everything else. You're never going to be right. You're never going to really optimally heal. And, and like I said, it's our most potent anti-inflammatory or one of, and one of them. So that right there affects your DNA organs and cells and how quickly they're aging and then exercise and how much you exercise and the type of exercise that you do again, less is more. And people think more, more is more, but it's really less is more. And it's, it's again, the quality of the exercise and, you know, doing HIIT training and resistance training and lifting weights, especially as women get into their. Perimenopausal years, it's very important, you know, and just looking at that. So we're able to really personalize that too to our patients. And then nutrition and like what you're eating. Again, like I said, food is code, food is medicine. And lastly, stress management and and really, because we're we all live, God, the lives that we live, we're just stressed out 24/7,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, and that you know, it's called your HPA axis, your, you know, your hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. And that's this feedback loop of these, you know, hormones that are secreted and how much cortisol you're spitting out and, and, and cortisol, while it's good for a limited amount of time, like very short time frame, you know, like when you go in a fight or flight and back in the caveman times, when a bear was coming at you and you had to run, that was awesome. Right but our bodies don't know the difference. And so when we're even watching, you know, the news and seeing all these horrible things about what's going on in the world, like we switch into that sympathetic nervous system and that fight or flight, and that's very damaging to us. It's very inflammatory and it causes us to age. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it causes us to age and it has a negative impact on our genomic expression.
0: Yeah. I just, I felt like I walked away with so many insights and, and new things to learning about myself. I, f- I found out that my triglycerides are high. And um, what are some of the things that would influence that?
1: Triglycerides are a combination of nutrition and then also, you know, liver, de- you know, your liver and how well that's being regulated and how you're able to process free fatty acids, you know, in your diet. But I really feel like what trumps everything with triglycerides particularly, it's nutrition. It is. And and so Danielle, you're 37, you know, you're young, healthy, but we're all different, right? And so even though some of us think we're eating the right things for ourselves, it might not be right for you, you know, like for example hypertriglyceridemia, like high triglycerides, like, we're able to really help with re- reversing that because we throw what's called like continuous glucose monitors on them. And I'm, I'm going to give you an example here. And I can have two women, for example, that are 40 years old, right? And on their CGM, this continuous glucose monitor, I'll, I can have them both eat the same exact thing. And one of them, their sugars are through the roof, their glucose goes, and the other one's fine, you know, and then I could also give them the same thing. And both of their sugars go through the roof. And one of them, I have to pair that, that meal. I have to add more of like, let's say a healthy fat, right. To bring their sugars down. And the other one, the healthy fat doesn't work, but the healthy protein does, you know? So it's really like identifying what is happening with you physiologically when you eat, because even though seemingly we think, oh, this food has to be good for me. Cause we're told that it is it might not be as good for you as you think. And you might have to shift things in your diet so that you're not having these glucose spikes, not affecting your triglycerides and so on and so forth. So it's very interesting, right? So, so these are tools that we can use, you know, using wearable device technologies and really showing in real time feedback, like what's happening to you physiologically. It's very powerful. Mm -hmm. Listen, do you have to necessarily wear a CGM? No, it's also trial and error, and, and just being like, okay, we we have enough experience that we know, okay, if you if most people take this out, that out, blah blah blah, and you add this and you add X Y and Z in, you know, and we work together a lot of times, like it goes down, mm-hmm. you know, it's just another tool in our toolkit. This yeah,
0: I'm not sure I need a CGM. I'm pretty sure it's the red wine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. I'm pretty so, sure. Right. So intuitively. You know, likely, right? So then it's about swapping, right? So then what can we swap out? Like, and and so these are things that are easily discussed with your physician, practitioner, and just taking a little bit of time to, like, just, you know, like root cause, right? That's my thing root cause, like just taking a little time. What is causing it? Like, you don't need to go on medicine. Like, you can figure this out and reverse it.
0: You told me earlier, you told some of your patients to swap out the wine for something else.
1: Oh, yeah. So I've been delving into a lot of research about the endocannabinoid system. The endocannabinoid system is pervasive throughout our body. There's a receptor, you know, on every organ cell. There's two different types of receptors, different enzymes. We make certain, I guess, cannabis, like a form of it endogenously, right? And then we've evolved alongside these plants, you know, that make hemp, CBD, THC, all these things. And they have powerful effects on our body, particularly very strong anti-inflammatory properties. And if used in the right amount, the right way, extracted the right way, you know, a trusted source combined the right way with certain, like, you know, a lot of times I have a lot of my patients use CBD infused teas, which is really virtually no THC. It's, it's just the CBD, that part mm-hmm. of the plant. It's great because people can still relax and sleep better. And it has like a, you know, such a, like a beautiful anti-inflammatory effect on our body too. So it's like, you know, you're doing something good, not bad for your body. Right. And then you're able to still have that nice feeling of being relaxed and happy and all those things that people, I guess, are looking for when they drink, you know, I feel like you get the benefits without side effects, the bad side effects. Right. So, Mm -hmm. So that's something that we've been exploring more in our pa- you know, with our patients and having really good results with, and, you know, the research just is unreal in that area. Um, just so much is coming out like on a daily, daily basis about the endocannabinoid system and how it's so underutilized and how we look at patients and treat patients. So.
0: You know, we've got this bio age test and all these great insights. So what happens after that? What happens once we do all the tests? Yeah. What what comes after?
1: So normally when I get these basic labs, I don't get a full picture of, of the patient. Like, okay, great. Some people are aging slower. Some people are aging more quickly. And, you know, especially we're able to hone in on like where they're struggling, right? Are they struggling more metabolically? Are they struggling more with their lipids? Are they struggling more with their liver? But there's so much more to the story, that test isn't looking, you know, at your thyroid physiology. It's not looking at your sex hormones. It's not looking at your cortisol. It's not looking at your iron metabolism. It's not looking at certain vitamins. So there's a lot of other work once the patient comes on with us that we start to do with them. So we really can get full like 360 view of their health. Then after we look at those comprehensive, uh, bloods, we, we have a more, a better idea what path the patient can go down, you know, given the combination of what we see from the data and also like what they're telling us, because we take a very, very extensive, comprehensive physical and mental health history. And basically what I do in everybody is they can have certain struggles, you know, like some women that are perimenopausal, you know, we'll do what's called a metabolomic test called the Dutch, where, you know, we'll really hone in on their hormones, their sex hormones, their cortisol, melatonin, all those different things. We get to see like how they metabolize their hormones, how they detoxify them, you know, how they break them down into different metabolites. It's, it's very fascinating test. But what I do do in pretty much every one of my patients is I do whole genome sequencing of the gut microbiome, because it's so important to really understand who's taking up real estate in each person's gut. Like if we talk about you, for example, Danielle, and, and you've struggled with some issues yourself, like, who's taking up real estate in Danielle's gut, right? Like what Mm -hmm. good guys are there? What bad guys are there? And then in turn, like based on that information, are they in balance, out of balance? And and how is that affecting the structure of your gut and the metabolic functioning of your gut? And it's like really, really important because to me, gut is king. You know, like they say, cash is king, gut is king. (laughs) All literally, I say it all the time. The gut is the guardian to your health and the gateway to disease. The gut controls like, probably over 50% of the metabolic activity in our body. That's the gut microbiome and probably close to 80% of our immune system. Okay. And so if that falls apart, that's the foundation of health. And it is very well known that, you know, we, and I'm sure you've made it heard of the term leaky gut, right? Yeah. And so, and so most of us are walking around and I'll go back to what that is with this leaky gut, which is then basically perpetuating this low grade chronic inflammation that we have in our body. And then based on like what we're maybe genetically set up to manifest, right? Because I think of this timber switch on your genes, you have the power to like upregulate your, amplify your good genes and, and tone down your bad genes or vice versa, right? And so based on how you're living your life and what you're doing, you can turn on that gene for let's say migraines or lupus or inflammatory bowel disease, and everyone's different, right, because we're all uniquely and genetically different, and it's sort of like this, you know, your immune system is chronically exposed to these substances that are leaking out of your gut that they shouldn't be seeing, you know, and that's perpetuating this low-grade inflammatory response that eventually manifests in some sort of pathology, you know, in some sort of disease process or condition, and so if you go after the gut, and and I will say if anyone listening to this, if they have any sort of chronic illness. If you have not fully, fully gone after the gut, investigated your gut and healed your gut, you will never truly heal. And I believe that. And it's mm-hmm. well studied. I mean, I'm, I'm not just, you know, this is very well researched. So everyone needs to heal their gut, everybody. And even people that don't have gut, just because they don't have gut related symptoms does not mean they don't have this problem.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and just in general, I think it's interesting to see what strains are in there. And like, like you said, who's taking up real estate, I guess you could say.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So two things, if you look at your gastrointestinal tract, right, it's the hole in the donut, you know, right. It's like, you know, from your mouth to your anus, so to speak. (laughs) And that tunnel, that, that hole in that donut that's exposed to the outside world. The lining of the GI tract is only like a hair width thick. That's it, you know? So like, you know, you take a piece of hair, it's that, that's that's how thick it is. That's it. So if you were to take the lining of your gut and literally unfold it outside of your body, it's the size of two tennis courts. And so you can imagine that surface area, that exposure. And so when your gut, when your microbiome, when you don't have the good keystone species, when you have more of the bad species, when they're in balance, when they're not making the things, when the gut bacteria are not making the things that need to keep that gut barrier lining intact, because that's what their job is, you start to get these little holes. And when you get these little holes, things start to leak out that shouldn't. The primary purpose, the main thing that your gut does, the, main two, the two main things is, assimilate and absorb nutrients, minerals, vitamins so that your cells can thrive and survive, and then eliminate the garbage, eliminate the rest. So all the things that we inhale and swallow on a daily basis, like you know, fungi, viruses, bacteria, and even the food we eat, and because we don't eat the way we should, we, chew, we don't chew enough. We don't break down the protein in our stomach the way we should. We don't have the digestive enzymes or we don't make enough hydrochloric acid. All of the combination of these things, we're left with proteins, then proteins like leaving our stomach and moving into like the gut. And that's bad because these proteins are looked at as as antigens, as foreign substances when they get into our bloodstream. So this is a perpetual problem and a major issue that, you know, is definitely driving disease and chronic disease in this country.
0: Mm -hmm. And then it all goes back to age, right? I mean, it, this is, What's aging the population.
1: Correct. Yeah. I mean, look, anyone you have, you, you suffer from something, you have a condition, you're taking medicine, you're not. And then on top of that, you're not treating the root cause. You're just going to age faster. Mm
0: -hmm. You are. But one thing that you want everybody to know is your genes are not your destiny. So people can make changes and impact their lifespan, essentially.
1: Yes. That's exactly everything we've just talked about. That sums it up you really got that out of me, Danielle, you did a good job. Like that, that really hit that hits the, that's the summary, you know, Mm -hmm. your genes are not your destiny. You know, a lot of us, and I don't, I don't necessarily think this with the younger population, but many people, the baby boomer population and people below, you know, like in their forties and fifties, a lot of people think like, oh, my, my dad had heart disease. I'm going to get that, right? My This one had cancer. I'm definitely, you know, I'll probably get it. Or whatever. That's not true. You don't have to get it. Like only 10% of what happens to you is based on the genes. The other like 85 to 90% is your environment and how you are living in that environment and how you're interacting and adapting with it on a daily basis. And if you can change that, and you have full control over it you do then you don't have to turn on those bad genes you you don't have to
0: lots of great stuff to keep in mind and also God is king words to live by <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dr robin rose of terrain health thank you so much for joining me here on the nutricast and walking us through this danielle thank
1: you so much for having me it was such a pleasure spending time with you and meeting you this was great
0: if you like what you just heard, you could subscribe to the NutriCast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head to NutriIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutra related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.